We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, IB Nation? Welcome, because, oh, hold on, it, it's Friday. It says Friday right on my watch. That means it's the Friday free-for-all mailbag. It's the first Friday free-for-all mailbag for me in, oh, I don't know, a long time. So I'm fired up. I've been looking forward to this day for a very, very long time, ever since Brian and I talked about the summer schedule. It is literally my first day of summer break, officially, is today, and where am I spending it? the lovely people in IB Nation. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm fired up. I'm Vince D'Addario. That's Brian Driscoll. Brian, what's going on, my friend? I'm just ready to go, man. It's been a, it's been a minute. We were talking about this for the show when the last time we did a mailbag, and then we're going to do a bunch of them this summer because yes, sir. that's one of the days that you have off. So as we kind of yes, get sir. into our new summer schedule, Friday Mailbags with the OGs is on the docket. So yes. I'm I'm ready to get rocking and rolling. Obviously, for those who might be new, you can ask anything Notre Dame related, Notre Dame football, basketball, recruiting, whatever. You can ask college football. And it's supposed to be a sports show. But, you know, we get some people that ask things, some fun things about history. And we don't talk politics. All right. We don't do that. No. But uh, no. No. get some people ask silly things like, you know, what's our favorite Pop-Tart flavor? Or, you know, <laughs> what, what's your favorite sandwich? You know, stuff like that. So it's meant to be fun. But obviously, right. we want to talk football, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, and I'm performing so, without a net today. I turned off right. the comments, so everything that comes up is going to be completely new to me. So no preparing of answers. So this is Vince is a little ADD, and so he gets a little distracted <laughs> sometimes, like staring at the board. And I'm like, uh, Vince, <laughs> hello, thoughts? Oh yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so we're over uh, here, <laughs> squirrel. What? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. So, Vince, I'm ready to rock and roll, man. You ready Let's to rock it. and roll? Yes, man. Let's Fired one. up. Let's bring up number one. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John A1. Oh, John, he's always got questions. All right, he's Tommy got, Reese. We have 61 starred questions. I think half of them are John's. I think. 61. Good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Tommy Reese, Everett Golson, and Tyler Buckner all got significant playing time as true freshmen at Notre Dame. How does Kenny Minchie compare to those players coming out of spring camp? Well, his situation is way different. That, that was going to be my yeah. biggest thing, too. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the thing. Could, um, now, first of all, uh, Everett Golson got zero playing time as a true freshman at Notre Dame. Zero. Uh, he was a redshirt freshman in 2012. Everett was a 2011 signee, and that was before you could you could uh, play four games. Yeah, so yeah, Everett actually games. was a redshirt freshman in 2012. Tommy Reese and Tyler Buckner both played as freshmen. And uh, different number situations one, completely. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Reese was a you know basically basically a coach's kid. His dad wasn't technically a coach, but his dad was an NFL college football evaluator. I mean, he was around football his whole life. Very smart guy. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to pull up this show. Yeah, Mailbag Friday says 61 questions times 40 minutes for each <laughs> equals super long show. Uh, yeah, you can, I can promise you <laughs> the next 60 questions will not be 40 minutes each. I can assure you. That. <laughs> I saw that, Vince, and I, was, I just almost <laughs> lost it. That was great. That was great. I, say, I got another um, show at 5 o'clock, so yeah, uh, we're yeah, definitely sorry. not that <laughs> He'll be fine. He's got Jesse. He'll be okay. Um Tommy was mentally ready to play. I think Kenny right. Kenny is to me more like Tommy Reese uh, in that he's he's a wicked smart guy that mentally sure. can handle playing as a freshman in my opinion. The question is going to be does is his body ready? The other thing about Kenny, Kenny's a much better passer than Tommy Reese was too. He's got a much sure. better arm, more live arm. He's every bit as accurate, more accurate as a freshman and uh, can make some of the throws that coach Reese couldn't make when he was not coach Reese, Tommy Reese. So I think he could play as a freshman, I, and I, 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 I'll be surprised if he doesn't pass up Steve Angeli at some point. I really will, and that that could just be my. I'm not anti Steve Jelly. I think Angeli. I think he's a great kid. I just don't think he's that great of a quarterback, Vince. That's really my big thing. I just he's, he's taken a big step in his second year. I will give him that. But I, but from where he was to where he is now, I mean, you you can take a if if you know you're talking about a math test and you you take a big step from getting a 20% to getting a 60%. That's a yeah. huge step, but yeah. you're still not a great mathematician. You know what I mean? Like that's the best analogy I could come up with off the top of my head. That's pretty I good for a PE a, teacher, man. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. That's very good. Yeah. So, so yourself short. I, I think he's taking a big step for Steve Angeli, 
But I agree with you. Just watching spring practice, I fully anticipate uh, Kenny taking that next leap. I'll be a little disappointed if he doesn't. I, I will be will. too, because then that 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 talks to you know uh, getting him ready and all of those different things and development and you know where are we at with right. all of that and I think then and that might not be fair to him, but sure. that's just how I feel. I, I'm it, with you. I'm with you. with you. So yeah, we got a super sticker from Zach Martin. OG oh, mailbag baby. Yes, sir. We're fired up. Thank you, Zach. Rob Osco with a super sticker. Thank you, nice. Rob, very, very much. So we got a few si- these super chats we're going to get Let's through. Let's do this. it. All right. So from Connor, thank you very much for the super chat. New ADs are said to often prefer their own hires, and coaches uh, are seen to have shorter leashes. Is this something that could play out in a few years? You are correct in most instances, but I Agreed. think in this instance, I don't view it being that way. I don't the groundwork again, has you're, been set. You're, and you're bringing someone in who's more of a from a business lawyer background than someone who's coming in from a an athletics background, right? And so to me, that's a little like who would his coaches be? Like in his background, working for NBC Sports and the P, uh, I forget the role. Somebody sent me this, so we we actually said his, and this is a good time to bring it up. We said his role incorrect. I don't watch golf. And so basically what uh, had someone email me last night and kind of explain a little bit what his role is, which I greatly appreciated. I think he was a little bit nervous. Like, is he going to be pissed at me for correcting him? Not at all. I want to be accurate. And basically what he said was what the funny part, Vince, is he said, uh, this is an easy way to say it. I'm like, easy for you is different than easy for me. He (laughs) said his uh, 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 Bavacqua was the CEO of the PGA of America, the association of 29,000 golf club professionals and the owner and presenter of two professional golf elite events televised worldwide, the annual PGA championship and the biannual Ryder cup. Cause I think we said he was like the CEO of the PGA and that wasn't the case. Oh, okay. Gotcha. What he was is different from the PGA in some regard. So that was what gotcha. he did, but it's He's still in charge a, of the tour. And, and he wasn't saying it was a worse. He actually was saying like, this is actually a really impressive thing he did. It's just, he was trying to help us be more specific, which I appreciated. But I don't know that he that background has him in a situation where he's like, yes, these are my preferred candidates for this job, this job, this job, and this job. Yeah, maybe like the golf coach. Uh, yeah, that, that maybe, maybe exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but I also think in some ways, Connor, th- that it's for him with all the hurdles that are in front of Notre Dame and the rest of college athletics the next few years with NIL and all this mm-hmm. other kind of stuff. It's good to have some, you know, some yep. stability in your big three coaching situations Absolutely. where hey i don't have to worry about that right now you don't have to worry about finding my next football coach because that can occupy a lot of your time for a half a year you know where now it's like look we've got a great bat women's basketball coach she's doing a great job recruiting at a high level you yep. know they're, they're not back to where they were but they're get clearly they're getting, getting there they're getting real close you know? yeah. and and as much as i like the sonia citron olivia miles tandem in, in coming out wait till you all get to see hannah hidalgo and emma rich Okay, and we already saw what Cass Prosper brings to the table uh, this past year. And then, of course, K.K. Bransford was much better as a freshman than I thought she was going to be. So as long as some of the transfer bigs can work out, Vince, I think this team's going to yeah. be really good again. Agreed. And uh, and now you don't need Olivia Miles to always be the dominant ball handler because you've got someone who I think coming out of high school is even better than Olivia Miles was. I don't know if she's the score that Olivia was, but then she goes out in the McDonald's All-American game and drops like 20-something. You know, and I was like, okay, yeah, she's legit. And she's fast. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. she's have you seen her? Have you seen her oh, play? Yeah. She's really mm-hmm. fast. Yep. 
So you're good there. You just went and made a, and I think a really good hired men's basketball. You've yep. committed a lot of resources to it. You're going to give him at least four or five years. Absolutely. At least. Because uh, he's building a roster that. from scratch. Yes. Yes. I mean, and he's a good basketball coach. I mean, in two right. years, he took Penn State to the NCAA tournament. Penn, NCAA, Penn State had been in the NCAA tournament almost 15 years or so, right? So you're going to give him at least five years. And then right now, the football team is ascending. Now, if if for some reason the football team falters this year, then you have to at least start putting a list together if they don't get things going. But there's no scenario in which Marcus Freeman's not here for at least two to three more years. Correct. From Unless he decides to leave, which, you know, is a little bit of a different animal. But – but you, you'll start put through it. It'll be through yeah. the next big negotiations that you have to do. You've got the TV negotiations coming up. You got the apparel negotiation that's coming up. And then you've got just the NIL world and all of that. Right. So, so the transfer portal. And you're not, right. you're not hiring any coaches from of the big three through that entire thing. Yeah. I mean, and, and, look, and he's kind of, I mean, they just hired a women's volleyball coach recently. Yeah. Kevin Corrigan's not going anywhere. They just hired Jeff, a baseball coach. Anywhere. Just hired the a baseball coach. Softball coach isn't going anywhere. Coach Dump's not going anywhere. Right. I mean, so you're, there's a lot of coaching stability right now because Notre Absolutely. Dame had so much turnover in a really mm-hmm. short period of time. In a three, four year stretch, you had to get a new basketball coach, new baseball coach, right. new football coach, new women's mm-hmm. basketball coach. You know, new volleyball coach. I mean, you had a lot of turnover in a short period of time, and now you feel like there's a lot some of stability, stability there. Yeah, and if somebody agree. leaves, it's because you know somebody took another job in the next that couple years. Oh, right. look, that happens, and you've got to be prepared for when that happens. No doubt about right. that. But so there I, is a I lot of stability there. The, the soccer them. staff is really young. It is. And there's they a were lot decent of, this year, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. The women so, were really good too. So. Yeah, yeah there, there's stability across the board, uh, to my knowledge. I believe the swim coach is fairly new as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, a lot of stability across the board. Fencing won a national championship. That's yeah, they're, they're solid. They're pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, if anyone on campus has like job security right now, yeah. two dudes. It's Kevin Corrigan and the fencing coach. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Peter Torres with the super chat. Thank you very much. Notre Dame fan in Georgia. Awesome. Appreciate the content. Has helped a fan get through some tough times recently. No question. Want to say thanks and God bless. Go Irish. These are the super Peter, chats I enjoy. Thank we you. We appreciate that very, very much, man. That's really awesome. We had, a, we had a lady that signed up for the message board yesterday. And okay. uh, her first post was basically talking about how her and her dad are just, one of the things that they do to bond is they just talk about the latest IB topic. And <laughs> I thought, That's awesome. I don't know if her name is Megan. It's spelled, it's kind of might, might be Megan, like the okay. way it's spelled. But, uh, you know, it could be Megan, but uh, I mean, it's just kind of cool because you're like, man, like it's really humbling, Vince, to think about like, you know, we talk, we're just here talking football, but like it can be something that a father and a daughter are experiencing, like brings them together. And it's just like, man, I just love doing what we do. And so we're always thankful for stuff like this. We really are, Peter. See, look, we just brought our average down because we're moving on to the next one. We have a super (laughs) super speaker from Tom (laughs) Carter, which we appreciate. So uh, we're going to move on to the next. We're down to fifty six, everybody. So Woo! we uh, we didn't go to we didn't go to uh, forty two minutes on each one of those. So that would have been another uh, three hours. Appreciate so, yeah. you very much. Here here we go, Vince. Here's a, we got two more super chats, and then we're going to get uh, cool. Back to some others. Chief Brody with a super chat. Thank you very very much. Hope you're doing well, fellas. Sometimes I have to stop and recognize how far IB has come, and I'm proud to have been a part of it. Chief Brody is one of the OGs too. He's been yeah, around he for a long time. Yeah. So thank you very much, Chief. Very much. You know, because we we did our we did shows during the 2020 season. 
but they were things we were doing recording just to, to create on our YouTube channel so that we could use them for content on the website. Right. We weren't really like doing it for YouTube's sake. We were doing a podcast, but it was more for fun because you know we didn't have a lot of subscribers and things like that. And then after that rant against uh, in the Alabama game, we said, you know what? Like, and I remember too, Vince, because it's like we got a thousand downloads in like a couple in like a day or two. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna th- now if we get a thousand downloads, like, what the heck happened? Like, what are we doing wrong? How did we only have a thousand downloads? Who did we make? Man? We, we yeah, off? seriously, is YouTube <laughs> stifling our content? Um, which I'm joking, YouTube. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just, it, it is kind of funny because like Vince and I, rem- I remember sitting there at Beef O'Brady's, we were talking, we had that one night phone call and, you know, I remember you pacing, I was on my back deck. I remember that phone call vividly because we were sta- I'm staring up at the moon, we're having that conversation and we met up at Beef O'Brady's and we kind of went over this game plan on how to build subscribers to where within five to 10 years, we hope we can get to 10,000 subscribers and maybe make, you know, $10,000 or so on the site on the, for the podcast. Right. And then uh, it just didn't go that way at all, <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. And it's good that it didn't go that way because we were thinking, well, you know, the only way we can justify doing podcasts every day is if we got to find a way to monetize it, right? So right. we were we were going to do it for free for a year and then start kind of charging, you know, a, like a dollar a month for a membership. I remember talking right? about that, yep. And, uh, and then, of course, the YouTube thing happens and that starts going well. And then we got approached by Blue Wire. Cause they, they liked, they saw the product we were doing and they hadn't really done college sports before. And I had already passed on lock. I already said no to locked on. I wasn't really interested in necessarily working with someone. Cause you know me, I always want to do it my way. And, and, and the thing I loved about blue wire is they said, Hey, we don't really care what you do. I mean, cause like locked on was like, we can only do like 20, 30 minute shows. You only do like one a day. And I'm like, screw that. I, I like doing long shows. I, you know what I mean? Like if you and I did a show that's 20 minutes long, I'd have one monologue. You'd have one monologue. All right, y'all see you tomorrow. Like, <laughs> no thanks. And well, you know, you you know, you can't do shows longer than 20, 30 minutes. Okay. Well, maybe people won't like it, but I'll have fun doing it. And that's kind of why we're doing it, you know? Right. And Blue Wire was like, we don't care. You can do it however long you want. We're going to just sell ads for it. And that's really right. what Blue Wire does. And so we've, uh, we've really built it. Um, and, and having them as a partner has been great because yeah. having them as a partner has allowed me to go out and hire Ryan and absolutely and, and hire Sean and, you know, and things like that. Cause it's uh, it's really helped us grow. And so it's not the way we thought we were going to do it. And it's definitely happened a lot quicker. There's no doubt, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. And it's been a lot of fun. And, and, and I love seeing some like Notre Dame two, one, six, four is one of those. We have a lot of them that, you know, uh, Mace AK has been around from, I think from to be John Klimek. I remember being one of the OGs, right? I mean, there's a bunch of them and some of them we don't see as much anymore. Uh, John a one's been here from, I mean, oh, very yeah. early on, you know? And so we really appreciate all y'all very, very much, very, very much. And, um, it's like our family. Yeah. It's our IB it is. family. Like I, it is. We I get pray excited for each other, and you know, people, people share. That, hey, I just had a baby, and and uh, that's really because that's the one thing we wanted to do, Vince. And when we really started to do the live shows, is we wanted to build a community, mm-hmm. and uh, we have beyond really what I mean. I thought we'd always be here, but I thought it would take ten years yeah. to get here, and yeah. uh, it happened yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. It really did. And then we've had some people come on. Over the last, you know, last year, two years, like Salty's been around for a, for a, a while. We've had some fans of other teams jump on Archer, Ladarius, Antoine. Antoine. You know, we have a couple LSU fans, and it's just, you know, it's it. You know that this, not that I don't love our Notre Dame fans. That they're 
absolutely have a but have a special place in my heart. But when when people that are fans of other teams watch our show, right, I, it makes me feel like we're doing it right because if we were just here slapping Homer stuff all around every day, right, you know, Notre Dame's going to beat Ohio State by thirty, and if they got a, if they played Alabama, they'd smash them and just like man, that's, these guys are clowns, like. I, <laughs> you know, but like the fact that they're in here, they're engaging. They they agree with things we say. Don't agree right. with things we say. And that's what we want to be, and that's what I eventually want the CFP Nation to be too. Is because I like talking about college football. I like giving opinions. Because sometimes I'm listening to, to people who analyze other teams. I'm like, dude, I know more about your team than you do. What the heck are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so like that's that kind of state guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh... So uh, yeah, here, here we have a super chat here from. Um, from Nathan Mellon, favorite little oh my rascal. Gosh. Mine is buckwheat because anytime I think of buckwheat, I then think of Mr. Robinson, or I think of the Eddie Murphy character on Saturday Night Live, buckwheat. And so that's that's how I always go to that one. Uh, what was the name so, of the little guy who's always kind of like in charge? Spanky. Spanky. Alfalfa. Yeah. yeah Spanky. Spanky. Yeah. So I, did I, you ever see the Cheers skit where Spanky was on there? No. So there's this little. I watched it the other day. It was actually really funny. Um. But it's the scene where Spanky, the guy, because he's old. I mean, that was like that. Oh, little rascals, like they're probably not, none of them are alive right now. And yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was a, a, and so um, <laughs> Cliff, Cliff Clavin thinks he knows the guy and he goes down there and the guy keeps trying to tell him, yes, I'm Spanky. But then Cliff keeps talking over him and giving these random facts. And he goes, ah, oh, so, so are you really, are you Spanky? He goes, no, I'm not. And then he walks out the door. He goes, all right. And he walks, and so uh, Norm looks at the guy, he goes, you're, he goes, you're Spanky. And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to live anymore. This is really funny. But like he was old. He was a gray-haired old guy. And that was the in time. the 80s or early 90s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh that was uh that was that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. All right, we got some more some more super chats here. We'll get through. Tyler Evans with the super chat. Thank you very much. How will BYU and Cincinnati doing Big 12 this year. And what do you think of the addition to the Big 12, both Arizona schools, Colorado, and Utah? So the Big 12 is at, at 12, not right now, right? I think so. Because when they added all the new ones, yeah. I think mm-hmm. they got them. They added uh, Central Florida, right? They added Houston, I believe, Cincinnati, BYU and, and Cincinnati, BYU. I think those are good additions. I mean, they're not great, sexy additions, but those are quality football programs, and some of them really make good geographic sense as well. Uh, Central Florida makes no geographic sense, but Zero. BYU does. I mean, it's, 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 it's in the same ballpark. Cincinnati doesn't make a whole lot, but Cincinnati makes a whole lot more when you consider the West Virginia's. I was going to say, West Virginia's even right. more east. And that's so. why I've said they should pursue Pitt. If the ACC fell apart, one team that the Big, the Big 12 should pursue is Pitt. Sure, you know, and and, and kind of you kind of get that that lower Pitt, Pitt, Pennsylvania, lower Ohio, you know, upper, and then you get the West Virginia in there. So, but I think those are good moves. I I think they make a lot of sense. There's decent markets in there. Now, as far as how do I think they'll do, I don't know enough about what BYU has coming back to be able to tell you that. I know that they lost Jaron Hall. Cincinnati, I think, is going to struggle. I think the further they get away from the recruiting classes that Marcus Freeman and Mike Mickens helped put together, the yeah. less effective they are. Sure. I think that um, they're going to have a tough time this year as well because I, I think Luke Fickle's a tad overrated as a coach. People talking about he's like a top five, ten coach. I don't think no. he's that. No. I think he's a good football coach. I do, but they were a nine and four team last year in the well, really nine and three uh, in the regular season. They were they were that in the in the AAC, and the AAC was a little down last year in my opinion. And they had some really ugly wins. 
And then now you've got Scott Satterfield as your coach. And I, I thought he was an absolute embarrassment at Louisville. I mean, I just, that hire does not make a lot of sense for me for Cincinnati. It doesn't. You hired a guy from North Carolina who fought and screamed and cried to get out of Louisville for years and just did a bad job there. So I don't like that hire for them. I think they're going to struggle a little bit this year, Vince. And I don't think their talent is going to be great. It's going to match up with the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do I think about? I think BYU can can play in the Big 12. I mean, they've they've proven that their past teams have. I just don't know enough. All I was saying, I don't know enough about that. Right. I I think they're, let me put it this way I think their program can compete yeah. in the big 12 you know they're they're gonna they're gonna fluctuate of course right. but i, well, I think they, vince in know. 2021 they went five and one against pac 12 team i mean against right division one teams including they were like three and two and oh against like the, i think their only loss was like to baylor actually no i think they beat baylor uh, wait a minute, hold on a second they beat baylor one of those years what year was it was it 21 no they lost to baylor in 21 they beat arizona beat utah beat utah state lost to baylor beat virginia beat usc so it was Pac-12 teams that they did very well against. Right. You know, and then this past year, they, they you know, they, they didn't do as well, but they beat Baylor, lost to Oregon, lost to Notre Dame, lost to Arkansas, beat Stanford. So to your point, you know, BYU's had some teams in recent years that can be competitive against those teams. Right. You know, in 2019, they lost to Utah by, by you know, convincingly, but then they beat Tennessee and beat, beat USC and then lost to Washington. The point being, they've been playing four to five power five games a year and have been more than holding their own. Right. So to your point, just on history, they should transition well. I was right. simply saying, I don't know enough about yeah, what they I, actually have this year. To and know that I agree with, too. In the league. Yeah, I, but I think the fit in the Big 12 is a good fit. I do think yeah. that. Now, as far as expanding to four more schools and going super conference and going to 16, I mean, obviously. the That's the smart four right there. Absolutely. That's Those are the four, four that fit. Those yeah. are the four that fit the Big 12, you know, in my head. And right? you're getting three pretty good-sized TV markets. With the two Arizonas, you're going to have the Phoenix area, but then, of course, the Tucson Tempe, but it's the Phoenix area, which is a really growing TV market. Oh, yeah. You're getting the Salt Lake City market, which is big. You're getting the Denver market, which is big. So you're adding three pretty decent markets sure. and – Vince, it makes geographical sense, uh, and that's that it was does. Part of me. Was I mean, because you're all like yeah. kind of like right there in that part of the country. I mean, you, you have teams in Texas, and then there's what New Mexico, and then Arizona. I mean, it's the Southwest. Sure, you know, it's not a, it's not a hard flight to go from Tempe or Tucson over to play Texas Tech or Baylor or Houston or teams like that. So it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if if the Big Twelve was able to expand, I think that would be a really smart way to go because you're getting good football team. So, cause again, the product on the field has to be good. Sure. You're getting good football talent. It's not elite, but you're getting good football talent, but you're getting good TV markets as well, which should help you be able to thrive if the product on the field is good enough. And then you got to hope that teams like Baylor and TCU and Houston and Cincinnati and West Virginia, you know, Oklahoma States, the Utah's the call. And you got to hope Colorado bounces back, you know, and gets back to where they were. So you, you got to hope that those teams become, you know, forces but yeah, that that would make a lot of sense to me. Make a lot of sense to me, Vince. I'm going to read the next super chat because it's for okay. you. It's oh, from right. Nathan Milton. He says, Vince, you get one wish and have to pick either a Notre Dame winning a natty, or two IB doubles in size, or C you get to defer your your wish to your wife. Okay, you're oh. not allowed to pick C. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not picking that at all. Um, I mean, I'm curious about what, this. 
Yes, I'm. Gonna, I'm, I'm curious what you say for the first two because I have, well, I have an answer for this. I want to hear. Yeah, it was for you. So let me hear, Vince. You can pick Notre Dame winning a natty or or two IB doubles in size. And if so, you uh, say this correctly, I no, I've got uh, lunch I've is got lunch it. is on me tomorrow. By the way, yes, yeah, no. So here's here's the way I'm going to go with this, and you got to hear me out. First of all, thanks Nathan for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Second of all, I'm not deferring it to my wife because she doesn't even know about this, and what she doesn't know won't hurt her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, I'm going to pick A, Notre Dame winning a national championship, because if that does happen, IB doubles in size. You get a, It's an all-for-one. Yep. It's an all-for-one yep. deal. So yep. Smart I, man. Yeah, that's the way I would go. Absolutely. For very sure. smart man. Yeah. Very, very smart man. That's Which a great awesome, answer, by man. the way. That would great be Great answer, by the way. It would be so much fun to ride that wave, obviously. Yes. Uh, if Notre Dame wins the national championship, and and just a byproduct of that, then IB grows. I mean, that's just let's say let's say our growth is only a quarter of what it is now, right? Or totally or a 50%, 50% of what it is now. I'd still right. pick winning a natty, oh, even yeah. if we don't double in size. We only grow fifty percent. I'd still take that because a big part of what we do, guys, is we grew up. We're Notre Dame fans, right? Like we Absolutely. try to be objective. We try to give you honest analysis and, and our real opinions, and we try to dive into things and 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 be real with you about it. We're not just Notre Dame homers. Like, of course I always pick Notre Dame to win, but that's different than saying like, okay, I'm making this, but that's different than, okay, I'm breaking the down the matchup this way. And I'm telling right. you what's good and what's concerning and all this, this way, the, the predictions for fun. That's the fun part. The stuff that really ter- determines the objectivity is what do you say about the matchup coming into the game? And we always try to give you that, but it, but, but we love Notre Dame football and we're fans and we want to see them win again. And yeah. to me, even if we only grow 25 to 50% because of the win, I'll take that. Cause I'd, I'd rather have that joy. That's more, <laughs> what does double in size mean? It, it means more money. It's fine. But as you know, Vince, that's, I mean, we, we had to figure out ways to be able to, to make a living doing this. Sure. We never jumped into this talking about like, what can I do to make a million dollars? Right. That was never why we did what we did. That's a, I mean, it's a, if that so happens, it's a nice byproduct. Right? Yeah, I mean, but it was this is something we, yeah. we had a passion for. Right. And what's the passion? The passion is Notre Dame football. Right. So seeing that success is now there will be a natural growth from it, but I would much rather enjoy the success. Oh, no question. Can't even and imagine. I could defer this to my wife because she would pick one of those two. And she would she would have said exactly what you said. <laughs> and that's why I love both y'all in different yeah. ways. But that's why <laughs> well, I love that's both good. Y'all. But no, it's reciprocated. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. And again, thank you for the super chat, Nathan. That's a really good question. I, that's I an awesome question. Love it. John says, can Chris Tyree be a vertical stretch threat out of the slot? Also, what are the best passing and receiving concepts that fit his abilities as a player? I think he can be a vertical threat, but not so much. Like, well, we saw we saw one, Vince. We saw him run a wheel route in the uh, jersey scrimmage that they put on. Now, you may not have seen it, but I, I know the not. play. And I know how he caught the ball, but Sam Hartman hit him on a back shoulder up the sideline and he had to make a great play. Did you remember that scene that from the Jersey scrimmage, Vince? Mm, did you see I that play? I don't think I saw it. I'm going to have to see if I can find it maybe while we're, while we're talking, but you know, he, he made a great catch on it. I think he can do things like that. Wheel routes. Yeah. I think some, some routes where I think you could really see Chris Tyree, some vertical routes. Cause I guess what does vertical stretch mean? Well, if you're talking a vertical stretch threat, meaning like posts and goes. Yeah, he can do some of that stuff. 
especially post route, post routes, you got to depend on how you use them. I would really love to see him on some underneath double po- post routes yeah. on double post, where if, you know, they maybe take the top off, try to take the top out away and play the post with the safety. You know, all of a sudden you got Tyree getting in between those safeties and catching that ball over the middle on the run. I can't wait to see that, yeah. you know, but there's stuff like that. Wheel routes are, are, are one, obviously just literally just catching wheel concepts is one that I, that I think would be, would be good. Uh, but yeah, crossers, but more so the deeper over stuff, Vince, that also sure. is something that I view as a vertical play. It's like, you know, the, the sale routes, the stuff where he's, he's getting behind the linebackers and underneath the safeties, those are vertical yeah. stretch plays. Those are throws that are going to be going over 20 yards. And those are things that I certainly would like to see, uh, see this team do more of and, yeah, I and have, I because you need a speed guy there to do a lot of absolutely. that stuff. In my I, I wouldn't mind seeing him, uh, kind of the the middle option on like a flood pattern you know what i mean like he he finds the middle ground you got the corner that that falls down in the uh in the flat you've got the safety that goes deep with like a deep corner or something like that and then you've got chris tyree coming across in that middle that middle area he finds that nice soft spot in the zone and then you hit him going vertical and then it's off to the races and you got a guy right. blocking for you i mean that would be i could definitely see that happening for sure yeah so I'm going to find this play here that Tyree hit late in the game. You're going to see it. This is from the Jersey scrimmage. No, it was right before that. Hold on. Where was it? Okay. So this is from, I'll just watch it again. This is from the Jersey scrimmage, but, but I believe it was, it was right before um, the, the, the touchdown that Sam Hartman had that won it, I believe is, is when that, that play was, and you're going to see Tyree making a play on the sideline. And again, it's something that tells me, yeah, this kid can make a this kid can make those plays, right? Let's see, let's get to a man. Audric just running people over. That guy's so good. Josh Burnham getting a sack. All right, let's see here. I think this was the highlight clip, Vince, that we saw it. Uh, here it is. That's Tyree. See him running a vertical route. And 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 but who's he who's he matched up against? So you just saw it there. He's matched up against a linebacker. Right. A linebacker with pretty good speed in JD Bertrand. But you can see he's running a wheel route there. That's another part of this too. Is it's a heck of a catch that he made there, back shoulder throw. Yeah, and and you know Sam Hartman's going to give those guys chances. But that's the kind of the, the thing though, Vince is he, he's going to get matched up against guys that are just not. He's not going to be matched up against a lot of corners. Exactly. He's going to be matched up against nickels, linebackers, and safeties, and that's yep. where you've got to be able to find ways to use his speed to make plays. No doubt. Uh, but yes, you're going to use him vertically, but I'm not going to use him predominantly vertically. Because right. again, he's five nine, and if you miss by two, three, four inches on a five nine guy, it's hitting going right into the hands of the safety right. behind him. So you got to be careful with some of that. But yes, you're going to definitely use him vertically. You'd be silly not to use him vertically. I think the only question is how much do you do it from a volume standpoint is going to be more so the the question mark at this point in time. Another super chat, Wade Garrett. Thank you, Wade. My dad, who's 83 years old, was talking to me about his first Notre Dame memory and his best Notre Dame memory. What are both of yours? Best? First, Vince, I I, I can't specifically tell you what it was, but the, the I just remember watching Notre Dame in Michigan in 1988. It's mm. really being my first memory. And the first, like, I remember moments from that game but the first full game that i remember which is when i fell in love with notre dame truly fell in love was in 1988 against miami i was 10 like my dad was more of a notre dame fan than i was i was more of an nfl celtics 
you know, I was a big, I mean, cause I, I grew up a Celtics fan, right? So by the time I was 10 years old, the Celtics had three titles in my lifetime. You know what I mean? Like I was a Reds fan. I was a Broncos fan. They had already played in, in two Super Bowls by then. Right. So my dad was more of the Notre Dame fan at the time than I was, but then watching that eight season as a 10 year old would just made me just like, wow, I love this team. And I fell in love with rocket like immediately. I mean, I just, him and Tony Rice were my guys. Those were my first memories. Um, best memory. I mean, again, those are pretty good memories. I say prob a couple that I think of Vince's uh, best memories are uh, my floor state 93. I was 15. So I was a little bit older. I could appreciate a little bit more. I was a, fun win uh, not gonna lie meeting Todd Light for the first time was pretty cool because again think about when I came up you know and then uh, first time I got a chance to meet Todd Light but uh, best memories uh, my first year covering the team we're in fall camp we're waiting outside the practice field and all of a sudden this little old guy walks by and I'm and I'm like oh my gosh Air Parsegian just walked past me this is before he <laughs> passed away that was a really cool freaking moment man so those are some of my best, uh, my favorite Notre Dame, my my best Notre Dame memories uh, were that. And it, the, the game sucked, but, um, you know, going to a Notre Dame game in 07 with my dad for the first time was pretty awesome. You know, that was just a great experience. And then, and then, so that was the first Notre Dame game I'd ever been to, Vince, was 07 against USC. But then later that year, going to the Duke game with my wife, at the time she was not my wife, she was just my girlfriend, and um, just always being able to associate like my thing I'd loved my whole life, Notre Dame football, you know, with we, she and I have memories together of that even before we were married, before it became a job, you know, just as a fan. And so that was a pretty cool moment, too. And I've shared the story about at the end of the game when you know Notre Dame goes up 28-7. And I'm like, I'm cold. I want to go home. And I'm assuming she's hating it. And I look at her and I was like, hey you know, we can leave now that they've won that. She looks at me and she's like, what are you nuts? There's still five minutes left in the game. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to marry this woman. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are some of my favorites. How about you, Vince? Well, my first memories are from the 93 season. Uh, Cause 88, I was seven. So I don't have a whole lot of memories sure. from that. And I, and, and for me, my dad was not a sports guy. So like I had to kind of find, sports on my own and obviously i grew up in this area so you know notre dame was in my face uh but i remember that 93 game i remember you know the florida state game i remember the hype you know in town like i was old enough to understand that part because i was 12 uh so i was old enough to understand that and and kind of feel it for the first time and that's like okay this is pretty cool uh so that's when i really started to kind of dive into notre dame football was was that season and then so that's my first memory. And my my most fond memories are kind of, a lot of them honestly have to do with working with Notre Dame, working working the beat, so to speak, right? And so the first time that I ever, you know, went to the press box was when I was working with Sean Styers over at U93 uh, during the 2004 football season. Like that was my first foray. Because before I was a fan, I never really, I went to a couple games, like we would, when I was in high school, we would walk around the stadium when the game would start and people would throw us tickets from the top, uh, the top seat, just over the side. Like, hey, guys, you need some tickets. And they would just throw them to us. And then, you know, we would go in and watch the game and we would walk around. And so, like, it was always a fun thing to do. But, like, my memories are, like, you know, standing next to Joe Montana on the photo deck watching the game when, you know, his kid used to go there, right? Uh, it you know meeting the um, unbelievable people 
that I've had an opportunity to meet because of this job. Like it, it's very kind of out of body type experiences, to be honest with you. Like when I used to do the uh, the radio show with Tim Growl, like we would interview the craziest people that have to do with Notre Dame football that I never in a bajillion years thought I would ever have a chance to meet. I got to meet all of those guys, whether it was in person or on chat or whatever. So like my great memories are of the outside of this thing. You know what I mean? Like the periphery of Notre Dame football and it's watching games with Brian and watching games with Sean. And like, that's the part, those are the things that I remember, like the actual gameplay most of my memories are of the disappointment, you know, like the 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 bush push, like being on the field for that, uh, being on the field for the first time that Notre Dame lost to Navy in forever. Like most of my memories are of disappointment because those are the ones that like stick in my head. Uh, and so that's obviously disappointing. So it's like the people that I've met, the friends that I've made, the icons that I got to interview or hang out with um, and just be a kid basically around those people like that's. Those are my best memories of Notre Dame football by far. And I can't even tell you how extremely lucky I am to have that opportunity. I mean, I'm uh, I'm a history teacher slash gym teacher slash dean of students who gets to, you know, basically live out every kid's fantasy and, and follow Notre Dame football and get paid to do it. Like, come on, that's not real. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't have a lot of people that are willing to hear you complain about your job. My, I don't have a lot of people that are willing to hear me complain about my because every job has its <laughs> right. ups and downs, right? Of course, like, dude. Seriously, I don't I don't want to hear you complain about your job. Okay, I won't. <laughs> Fine. Exactly. <laughs> so true. Notre Dame two one six four. One of the OGs. I'm really high on Tay Johnson. Bronte Johnson. That is. Where do you guys think he falls as a safety prospect? Is he Peyton Bowen level? Or a Don Schuler level, or maybe somewhere in between. It's a good question. Well, his ceiling is his ceiling is five star, but he's pretty raw as a player. But athletically, as a as a prospect, he's in between those two. Okay. He's really talented. He's really athletic. Vince, you did you saw him last year at the Irish Invasion? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Real yes, really smooth. And yeah, I hadn't seen it. T- he looked really raw on his junior film, sophomore film. But you could see some real like there was one mm-hmm. place like got his hands on his hips at the snap, and then he just oh ball snap. He just goes and like runs hundred miles an hour and tackles a guy. You're like okay, right. so it's good to know he's doing, but he's really talented. right. But he's super talented, yeah, exactly. But then you just watch him at that Irish invasion, and you're like, yo, this kid is just rangy as all get out. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's gonna need work. He's gonna need to get in the weight room. But there's a lot of tools to work with on mm-hmm. with Tay Johnson. A lot of tools to no work doubt. with. So he he's a very talented player. He, he now is he as good of a football player right now as a Don Schuler? No, he's not. A Don's a really good football player, but the ceiling, a Don's a lot closer to his ceiling than Bronte Johnson is, and that's that's the intriguing part of it. So yeah, I'm he's glad he's. Player. I'm very very glad that he's back on Notre Dame's board. I'll just put it that yeah. way. And that yeah, and and I know it's been discussed and all of those things. I. But that just kind of elevates who he is to me. Yeah. That he was able to go take care of business. Like, hey, this is what I got to do. Got it. And then yeah. he took care of that business. And now he's back on Notre Dame's board. And I love it. And I yeah. really hope that he ends up in a Notre Dame uniform. Really do. Agree. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. John A1, would you still be interested in buying a completely generic NCAA football 23 without any player likeness used? Can the game be marketed successfully without player likeness? Well, the last part, let's answer that last part first. That depends on on the colleges. Are the colleges willing to give their their likeness rights without using player likeness? That I don't know. Mm. That's a good question. For me personally, I could give two rips if there are current players in that game. Right. Two rips. Don't care. And this is where, you know, like players have leverage in NIL in a lot of areas. To me, this isn't one. And there's a lot of people say, well, you know, this is just EA Sports being greedy and they're going to make X amount of dollars. And, and whenever people say the X amount of dollars, they always give the gross. Right. Like the game doesn't cost money to produce. Right. Y'all, if you buy this game and play it, you're using the current Notre Dame players for like a week. And then the next year until it comes out again, you're using a bunch of randomly generated players that you've recruited. At least that's how I play. And anyone that plays Dynasty, I mean, and and honestly, Vince, I got to the point where I'd play like one game a year. I'd play like a big game or the bowl game and, and just simulates because I wanted to do the recruiting and I wanted to, you know, do all that kind of stuff and see what conferences would ask me to, to join. And I would always just have some fun with that, which is kind of funny as someone who doesn't want that to happen in real life. I love doing it when I actually played the dynasty, you know, when you'd get invited to join a conference, you know, but absolutely like, I don't care about those. Like I'm not going to buy EA sports college football because all oh, i get to play with sam hartman i, I don't care about that I, right besides guess what i'm gonna make my own self i was just you know gonna what say mean? that and i'm gonna be an all 99 quarterback <laughs> you know what i mean just gonna so, say like, that <laughs> you know what i mean like that's what i like doing now let's be real now now the, the difference is and i think you bring up a really good point that i didn't even think about that you still need to have notre dame and alabama right. and clemson you right. can't have right. southwest whatever you can't just have fake things that look like it you have to be able to have notre dame stadium and all of the things that make notre dame what it is right because i want to play that and i want to be the quarterback on that team i'm going to make myself i'll be a wide receiver whatever the case may be right i'm doing that and that's okay with me i could give two rips whether it's the Notre Dame players, it, I, I honestly don't care. It could be, it could say Joe Johnson. It could say whatever. It does not matter in any way to me because like when I was a kid and we used to have, play the video games and it was, you know, all of those things, I would change every player on the roster to like my friends, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we would, and we would just play and it would be awesome. And I'm like, Oh, you know, you made a great play today. Like sure. stupid crap like that when I was a kid. So I could care less if it's the current Notre Dame players. Yeah. 
doesn't matter to me. And that's and no disrespect to them because none. I, I'm a big proponent of NIL. And I've, I've, I have banged that drum forever, but not everything is about them. And that's what I get tired of. Oh, you know, like, do you know how many kids around? I mean, do you know how many Division three kids and one double A kids and D2 kids? Right. And how, and honestly, 95% of kids on every college football roster mm-hmm. would love to just like, give, give me 500 bucks because, you know, most of those guys are going to use that 500 bucks to do go buy the freaking console or go buy the game. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, give me 500 bucks and I get to have my name on, on, you know what I mean? It's, it, this is, this is one of those things. It's like a lot of things in our country. We do things that are, do, that, that, that are best for the 1%. Mm-hmm. And we just say, we don't care about the rest of you because you don't matter. So if they're going to boycott this game, this screws over 99% of the players who don't have any leverage to get more than $500 a game. 500 bucks, first right? of all, is no chump so, change. And you're doing that for 85 scholarship players times however many. Right. That's a lot of money. That's five over five and a half million dollars. Plus, you're paying schools on average around seventy-five to hundred thousand dollars. That's another almost right. ten million dollars. It's a lot of money, man. So they yes, they're gonna make for. a lot of money, but that's but they have their own costs. And so to me, the people that deserve more money are the people that design the game. They're the ones that actually right. put it now. That's different than the actual football product. Again, you sell a jersey with a kid's number on it, he freaking flat out needs his per cut of that, right? There's no doubt. There's a lot of things that these kids deserve uh, more of a greater piece of the pie. This ain't it, in my right. opinion. Because honestly, if the schools agreed, to, and I believe mo- everybody but Notre Dame's pretty much agreed to it by now. But if every school agreed to say, hey, we're going to be on it, you've got to negotiate your own thing with the players. Otherwise, you're just going to have to use randomly generated players. I don't think it affects their sales at all because that's not what people play for. Right, exactly. And and so I, I just, to me, heck yes, I would still play it if yeah. it was a bunch of just completely generic guys Doesn't because matter. that's, so I'll if I play that game for a year before the new game comes out next year, I'm only going to play with the Notre Dame players for a couple days. Yeah. The way that I play. Because then you're through it and you're on to the next year yeah. and you're recruiting a whole new batch and of guys. And when I get bored with my dynasty of Notre Dame because I've the best recruiter in the world and I've won eight championships in a row and I decided to do something different, I go create a new team. I, I mean, right. I literally make a fake team yes. that I name that, oh, that's see, I, from, I you know, that. whatever. And, and I made my high school team players anyway. I made my yeah. high school team one year and like had every like the two deep of my entire high school team. And then we went out and played college football. Like, yeah. that's the fun of that game, man, is just having an imagination and having some fun with it. Yeah. So if, if <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of people that are pro NIL that will, in, this is one of those things where if, because we've been teased with this now for a couple, almost two years now, we've been mm-hmm. teased with this coming back. If this all of a sudden goes away because the players boycott, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. They're going to turn a lot of people that right now are pro NIL and pro player. They're going to turn a lot of those people off. Yeah. And, yep. and, um, this is my favorite know, game to play. Yeah. was college football and yep. haven't had it. And I don't even have a game console anymore because that game doesn't exist. Yeah. Honestly. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I, um, I'm the same way. I stopped buying new playstations when they stopped making NCAA. Yeah. I know. 100%. I only played sports games in general. Yeah. And that one was by far my favorite. Like it, yes. I, not even Madden. The college football was my Yes. I never favorite. played Madden. I don't care Neither about Madden. I. I played I played NCAA. I mean, it, we'd be sitting on road trips. Yep. Me and the players. I mean, players would come to our dorm room because my uh, like when I was seeing you, my buddy Wendell, uh, who coached with me, he, he he and I would 
sit in, the, in our room and just get on the sticks and play. And then we'd have players knock on the door Friday night. Hey, can we play? You know, just come on in. If you want to take that L we would set up like, just you know, like there'd be days where like, okay, we're going to have like a relaxed mental day. I want the kids hanging out with me. So, you know, this, we'd get the big projector in the office. Oh, yeah. Kids would come in. We'd hook up the, 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 the PlayStation to the, to the projector. Yeah, absolutely. And they were just in there playing on the, on the big projector. I mean, so, you know, you take that away, you're going to turn some people off who would otherwise be on your side. And there's a lot of areas where, where players need to be able to throw their weight around for NIL purposes. This is the wrong fight. Now, are there a couple individual players who have the leverage to, to, and actually Shannon Terry made a good point about this. 99% of the players need to just take the $500. And then there's the Drake Mays and the Caleb Williamses and guys like that who can negotiate more. That's fine. They have that right. Just like, cause remember there'd be, there'd always be that. Like, remember the one year, was it, um, was it, 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 I forget. There was like some NFL players that wouldn't allow it. And so you'd have like all the NFL teams in like quarterback number seven for the Falcons. Right. right? right. Or, or it's like, wait a minute, why, why isn't Michael Vick's name on there? Cause he didn't, he didn't give them the, the guess right what? to do that. You can go in there and edit the player and write Michael Vick in about <laughs> exactly five right. seconds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> So, um, yeah, <laughs> everybody that's knows that's Michael Vick on the game. Yeah, that's fine. You know, right. so like, look, individual players want to not play in it or want more money then let them have that conversation because the vast yeah. majority of kids are going to take the money and the ones that don't, they can have that conversation and they can choose to opt out that this is a free country still for now, you know, becoming less and less so on a daily basis. But, you know, for now it still is a free ish country. Uh, you know, so if they don't want to, if they want more money, then they can say, Hey, I want more money. Or I'm not giving my name and EA sports can say, okay, we will, or will not give you more money. And they can just choose to generate a random player. Hey, I, EA sports, I vol- you can use me. You can use me to replace any player that doesn't want to do it. I'm pretty sure Vince will be, and you don't even have to pay us. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right? I just want to be at least six, three. And I want to have at least, you know, um, you know, I don't want to be from Ohio and be at least six, three. And I want to have at least a 95 arm strength. That's all I ask for. You can use me, EA Sports. I volunteer to replace any yep. player that doesn't want to, you know, any quarterback that doesn't want to opt in. Cool, cool. Vince, you down? I just want to be. Right? I want to. I want to be uh, the play-by-play announcer or the color guy that doesn't that sure. wants to opt out. I'll be yeah, fine. Guy. Yeah, use my voice for I, I want for color, it. and you yeah. you don't have to pay me a dime, right? <laughs> nope. Because it would be such a, a privilege and an honor yes. to be part of that game. Right. I'd love to do so, that. Are you kidding me? I would do it for you know. free. Now, are there Just other the things console. that I will not do for free? Sure. Sure. Not that one. Not that. Yeah. Not you that know? one. Not that. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it's it's been a couple of days. I'm surprised nobody uh, asked me about that. But, um yeah, I would. I, I, that's just to me. That's a losing battle, in my opinion, for them. Yeah, no doubt. Archer four five two says, when we get the IB online dynasty set up for NCA twenty four football twenty four, who is everyone else going to use? Or uh, since only one person can be used Notre Dame, obviously I got dibs on Ohio State. <laughs> well, I got dibs on Notre Dame if we we're going to do something as an IB group. <laughs> honestly, I would probably pick. I'd probably make a like make my own team or something like that. I would too, but, and I would have all the IB guys on my offense. By the way, yeah, we got dibs all. in Ohio State. Yeah. You know that's no fun, right? <laughs> I mean, the fun part is like finding some other team. I'd take Washington. There you go. That's who I'd take because I like to throw the ball in NCAA, and that's a give me Michael Penix on. I mean, he's going to be in the nineties, right? And then you get like Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably take I'd probably take Washington if I couldn't have Notre Dame. It'd that's be interesting. I would I go with like a USC. Maybe throw Man, the ball all over. Vince, just some things you just can't do just because. Yeah, you're right. You know, I would make a team before I would pick USC. I'm yeah, just there trying you to go. I, 
Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah. Because I, I don't know why. Like, that's the fun part for me is sitting down there and, like, creating players and making stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just got the lights turned out on me. Oh, there we go. All right. Never mind. We're good. <laughs> All right, kids. Go. Send them back to school. Yeah, I know. All right. Steve Rolf with the Super Chat. Thank you very much, Steve. When evaluating running backs, do you ding a guy if he always runs with the ball in his strong arm? When I played, the guys who could use both were better backs. I don't ding them per se, but it's definitely noted. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, it's, and, it, and it, I guess I should ding them. It depends on – because here's the thing. Not every college coach cares about that, which I think is kind of crazy. What? Really? But yeah. It oh, seems yeah. like coaching 101, but – You'd okay. think so, right? But you I know would. some running back coaches mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't worry about that. You know, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. that's silly. Yeah. Like, and I, and I understand – I've heard some coaches make this notion. I teach kids to put the ball in the outside arm. But mm-hmm. once they, if they make the mistake, I don't want them to switch it in the middle of the run. All right. right. I, I get that. Right. Just protect the ball when the guy gets close to you. Okay. That's fair. But no, I, I would always teach him to put the ball in the outside arm. And, and, and so, and I do think if I, if my guy gets on a straightaway up the sideline, I am having him do a change in the ball. The, I, I am. Yeah. Cause the la- worst thing, your 40 yard run ends up getting ripped because, you know, perfect example. Actually, you know what? I think about this. But yeah, Vince, um, real quick. The other part is if it's an NFL guy, I probably bother me a little bit more than a high school kid because a high school kid is I can fix that more, sure. in my opinion. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to look at this play because you do you remember? I, I believe that's what happened. But do you remember that play uh, that it was the I think it was a sugar bowl in 1992? where George Teague took the ball from uh, Lamar Thomas. Do you remember that play? Not off the top of my head, but if I saw so it, I might. It was Miami-Alabama. It was the game Alabama won, uh, whooped Miami to win the title. Okay. Lamar Thomas, who I couldn't stand, wore number 36 for the U back then, catches a ball up the sideline, and he's running. Looks like he's going to score. George Teague hawks him and reaches in and sh- rips the ball away from him. Why did he rip the ball away from him? Because he inside had the ball arm. in the inside arm. Right. So, yeah, it's worth it to me to switch to the other arm in that instance, because you may rip it, but not before we both go out of bounds. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yes, I would teach it. But I, I understand I'm sympathetic to coaches who don't want to take the chance of the ball coming out when they switch, because that's happened before, too. But, um, yeah, I would ding an NFL guy more than I would a college guy, a guy coming into college than I would a guy going to the NFL. It's fair for that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just I say I think Audrey Denson was one of those ones who who didn't care about teaching that, but that shouldn't shock anyone. So here we go. All right, John. He says of all the tight ends on the roster in twenty three, which of them has the highest ceiling for twenty three? Holden stays yeah. overall. Eli Raritan. Okay, I just don't think Eli is going to be able to get there in twenty three because of the injuries. The, the two with the highest ceilings for this season are Mitchell Evans and Holden Stace. And I'd say Holden's slightly higher ceiling and Mitchell has the higher floor, right? Yeah. He's, he's by the end of their, yeah, yeah. By the end of the careers who, who, if they all reach their full potential and they're all healthy, it's, it's Eli. But again, we don't know how he's going to be after a second knee injury. We don't yeah, know how he's going to, how he's going to come back. So that's a, that's a so very interesting athletic. Yeah. So athletic in high yeah, school. Fastest 10 yard split time in the history Man. of uh, tight ends. Man. Apparently. So um, here, here's here's one uh, from Kenny Moore. 
More productive season, 2017 Josh Adams or 23 Estime? Now, that's interesting because they're completely different styles of back. Mm-hmm. So, so we're talking about productive. So that's total receiving, rushing. And if are we talking about like yards I'm per gl- rush? I'm glad you said that. I would I would say you can take it however you want to do it. For okay. me, it comes down to yards and it comes down to touchdowns. Okay. And to me, touchdowns obviously being a very important statistic. Josh sure. Adams had 1,531 yards of total offense in 2017, averaged seven yards a play. This past season, Audric Estime had 1,084 yards, 6.5 yards per play. The difference for me, however, is, and, and this is why, which season is, you know, if, let's just say Audric Estime gets, you know, say 25% of Logan Diggs's yards from last year. What did Logan have last year? 820? 800, like that, yeah. What was it? 820? 822. Let's say Audric gets just 20% of those yards. So that adds 164 yards onto his season. Right. And then let's just say he gets 10% of Logan's receiving yards. So that's another 20 yards. So that gives him, you know, that gives him uh, actually that the, the, the um, calculator didn't didn't work on that one vince Uh-oh. so if you have the 20 percent there that's 164 plus he'd have his 920 from last year plus he'd have his 135 receiving Less. from last year plus 21 yards of, of just 10 percent. so that's 1240 yards if he just does that 1240 yards of total offense for a guy that's going to score probably 15 touchdowns because he had 12 last year yeah, and 15 touchdowns compared to Josh Adams, who as good as he was, uh, I think had nine. Okay, that year. I think you said Josh uh, had 15. You were talking about estimate. No, no, estimate. I think estimate gotcha. will have 15. Gotcha. And because he had 12 last year, like, right, Josh right, had right, nine. Right. Give me the guy with 1,250 yards to 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns, or the guy that had 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns. That yeah. would be the that. That's where I would go with it on that one. No, I agree because I don't. I don't look. SMA is not going to have the number of breakaway runs that Josh Adams had. That's just not who he is as a back. I mean, can he, he run his away breakaway from runs two? will be 40, 50 yards, sure. not 70, 80, 90. Like, Correct. I mean, Josh had a 98 yard touchdown run yeah. he had an 83 yard touchdown run. He had several 70 yard touchdown runs. Like right. you said, yeah, Tony Jones did that once. Right. Right. But he did, and he could did estimate it do it once. Yeah. Yeah. He could sure. Do it once. Sure. Sure. But that's Josh not his, did it weekly. That's, that's not his game. <laughs> like, that was Josh so Adams had fun. more 50 yard loose emoji. And when loose emoji gives you a stat, you know, it's right. Loose emoji said in that 2017 season, because we were working at the time that Josh Adams had more 50 plus yard runs that season than any other Notre Dame running back had in this career at Notre Dame. Oh, I believe that. I mean, it literally happened every game. And and I remember like <laughs> that Georgia. was so much fun to watch. It's like all of a sudden, oh, well, he's gone. I, I mean, it was just, it was awesome. It was awesome. Estimate's not that. that. That's not who he is. That's not his game. But from a production standpoint, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he got up to like 1,400 total yards, you know, was knocking on the door of the 1,500. Even though he's not doing the 100-yard breakaways, I still think he's going to be an extremely productive back. Because he's going to be way more efficient. That was Correct. Josh. A, t- a lot of times, Josh was hit or miss, man. I mean, he yep. was big player, nothing. Correct. And I think that's what hurt him in games like Georgia. Right. right, and that's why I think Dexter Williams was the the, the better all around back in 2018 than Josh was in 2017 because 
Now, again, Dexter missed the first four games. But Dexter would get you four when Josh would go one. Right. Now, Josh would get you 80, and Dexter might get you 50. Right. But I mean, even Dex had the 97 yarder against Virginia Tech. But he was he did that once. You know, he he'd get you 40, 50 like Audrey. I think Audric's a lot more similar to Dexter and how he's going to be productive than he was Josh Adams. But if if Dexter look, guys, if Dexter Williams played a whole game a whole season in 19 in 2018 and stayed healthy, I mean that that would have been some really monster numbers, Vince. I mean, he would have been really good. He'd have been he'd have had the same amount because so Josh Adams in 2017 averaged 110 yards per game on the dot. Dexter averaged 110.6 yards per game that year, and Dexter had 133 yards receiving in only in only nine games. Josh had 101 yards in in 13 games that season, or 14 games, 13 or 14 games that season. So uh, you know, Dexter to me was the, and I think that's to me more of what you'd see from Audric. Now, could Audric get to fourteen hundred rushing yards? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I just think they're going to throw the ball a little bit too much this year. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and with some RPOs, and I think you'll see more of a rotation. Like you don't want to wear him down. I think he'll probably be you know at the be- at best twelve thirteen, and not that he couldn't get to those on the bigger yards. It's just the na- the makeup of the offense. You know, but if if estimates around eleven to twelve hundred yards this year, Vince, and he's around two hundred receiving yards this year, and thirteen fifteen touchdowns, that's that's going to be monster production because I think the yards per play are going to be, you know, six plus yards per attempt, you know, per carry stuff like that, and that's what I care more about than just, hey, this guy hit a bunch of home runs because when did those home runs not happen against the three best teams you played that year? Right, exactly. Right, Georgia, Miami. And then um, was it uh, Stanford in the regular season? And you didn't you didn't make those plays in those games, and you lost all three of them. So uh, that that to me is the the bigger the bigger one for me. So good good question, very yeah, good really question, good question. I like that yeah, one. very good question. Okay, let's get down to uh, some more. We have a super chat down here from Tyrell Wilson. I think Tyrell might be new, Vince. This is the second super Love chat it. he's left this week. So hopefully, if you're if you if you've been on the site for a while and you're just not asking questions, great. But if you're new, welcome, welcome, Tyrell. If you put the 03 Julius Jones Ooh. on the twenty three roster, what do you think he would do? Oh boy. Run the I think his numbers would look a, look pretty similar to what he did in 2003, his yardage numbers. I think what would be different is you'd see him with a much higher yards per carry average. And the reason I say the numbers would be similar is, is for exactly what I just said about Audric Estime. There's going to be some games this year where he's playing a half of football. Right. There's going to be games this year where the teams are just saying, hey, we're not going to let Audric or Julius beat us. And so Sam Hartman pulls the ball and throws 14 RPOs, and they just rip you up that way. And say, man, Notre Dame couldn't run the ball. They only ran for 145 yards this year. But I'm like, yeah, but if you count the RPOs, they were over 300 yards, right? I mean, that's how you have to factor it in uh, when teams are trying to overplay the run. So your, your yards may not blow you away. And I mean 140 yards as a team. You say, wow, they didn't run the ball real well. Yeah, they kind of did. And because you have to factor that in when you're evaluating an offense, you have to factor in, well, our quarterback went 13 of 14 on RPOs for 175 yards because of how they were playing our offense, right? I mean, if you're an OC Vince, that's how you factored in. Sure. So I think there'd be times, Tyrell, where where his numbers in Julius Jones that year in the regular in 12 games that year, I shouldn't say. So it's a regular season now. It was it was they I think to 03 did they. Did they play a bowl game in 03, Vince? 
No, they didn't. They went five and seven. So. That's right. So he played 12 regular season games and had 1,268 yards. I think it would be similar to that in this offense. But instead of him averaging five and a half yards per play and, ha- and having 229 carries, he might get that on like 190 carries and 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 get it that way. So I think that would be that would be the difference of of Julius's production where he'd be six five to six seven per carry and still have the same amount of yards as Vince chokes and uh, chokes over dying over here. It's like I hate I him swallowed a bug or something. So that that'd be my stance. But if they were like the running team that that team was behind this offensive line, you know, in this system, I think he would he'd be a 14, 1500 yard rusher. I just don't know if he's going to get the like guys don't get the volume like as much like right. that. Anymore, Absolutely true. To be honest with you, because there's more rotations now and and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, he he was really good. I mean, of course he was. He was from Virginia. Well, what am I oh, there about? it is. There it is. What am I talking about here? All right, here's another quick one from John. All right, of the interior D line on the roster, who has the highest ceiling? Mills, Cross, Onye, Ford, Heinish, Kiana, Anna. It's either Onye or Mills for me. Yeah, those are the two I was going to pick as well, yeah. actually, because I those yeah. other guys are good. Yeah, Tyson Ford has a high ceiling too. He does. He'd be the only other mm-hmm. one in that conversation for me of of the of those. Like Heinish, Heinish is a really good football player, but we're talking ceiling. But we know who they are. I mean, and and, can, and, yeah. and he's always going to be a little bit limited by his size as far as his ceiling. Same with Howard Cross. Sure. Uh, and part of ceiling refers to, you know, NFL production and stuff like that. But, you know, as soon as we say that, of course, Heinish is going to come out here and have more tackles for loss than any of these guys in his career. Right. Of course, I'd be okay we say with that because the Heinish is like making us look stupid uh, with us That's saying, okay. hi, guy's not that good. And then he goes out and plays really well. So uh, but um, I'd say highest ceiling Mills and Onye are the two for me. And then Ford's a very close third in I, that regard. I still feel like for career, there's a lot career. of untapped potential with uh with ford oh gosh there's a lot you know what i mean yeah. there's a lot of untapped yeah. potential there and i'm hoping that this is the year for him to kind of yeah you know a little coming out party for tyson i, I just want him <clears throat> to just get some just get some time this sure. year just get some time keep him happy you know hey you start to show some progress and then next year you really got a shot to step into the lineup that would be that would be ideal so uh, let's get to some more here, Vince. Uh, here's a quick one. John A1, who is more athletic, Joe Walt or Emil Wagner? Joe Walt, slightly. Joe Walt's more smooth. Emil's more explosive. Sure. But Joe is is got some of that too, but Joe's really smooth. Emil's a yeah. little herky-jerky athletically, but still very it, athletic. But I that's one of the things that, that stood out that day that I was sending you the videos of Joe Walt. It was just like, yeah, it's a big boy, but he is smooth as silk. Yeah. Here's a fun one, Ryan, from, from Vince from Ryan Schulte. All right, he says, uh, what got the number – oh, you've got the number one pick in the draft. You need a running back. Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, and Bo Jackson are all available. Your QB is Josh Allen. You run a modern offense. Who you got? And that's a tough one. So I'm glad that we're not picking from, like, Notre Dame-type players. This is a fun, like – It would be question. hard for me to go with Walter Payton simply because I didn't really watch prime Walter Payton. Right, like I watched like '85 Walter Payton. That was still good, but not like late '70s, early '80s Walter Payton. Right. So I always say this: I can't really comment on like if you were to throw Jim Brown in that conversation. I okay, I don't know. I mean, so Walter Payton, like I said, was good later in his career, but like it wasn't like '18, '77, '78, '79, where he was just tremendous. 
So I saw him a little bit later in his career. Again, still putting up really good numbers. But even when they won the Super Bowl, I was seven years old. He was retired by the time Notre Dame won their championship in 88, right? So he's a little bit before my time. I also wouldn't take Bo Jackson because I wouldn't have him for a full season. Because his com- number one commitment, no, because his oh, number one commitment was always baseball. Yeah. So he never played a full, you know, he never played. I don't believe Bo Jackson. Is that what it was? Played. I didn't yeah, realize that. Because okay. baseball was his was always his top priority. Now, if the team was out of it, he would <laughs> he would go do what he had to do. But yeah, I'm looking at Bo's career. Bo, his he played four years, and he didn't. He never had injuries. He had that one bad injury the one big one at the end yeah yeah but i mean bo played seven ten eleven and ten games bo oh, jackson wow. never rushed for a thousand yards in the nfl doesn't mean he couldn't have no he easily vince he ran for 554 <laughs> in seven games right you know what i mean like let's let's do the math here 507 554 divided by seven equals times 16 that's on pace for 1266 yards right um, in 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 1989, which was his his best year, the closest he got, he ran for 86.4 yards. You extend that over a 13 game season, that's 1382, and he was never like in okay 16 game he, season. Yeah. Okay. If, if you go what 86.4 times 16, 13 game oh sorry, times 16. May have yeah. I'm, I factored in 16. It's 1382. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, he could have, but you never would have had him. So Barry Sanders is the default pick there for me because just because again, I don't know enough about. And in a modern offense, I don't necessarily what I do know of Walter Payton, and he was a tremendous one of the all time greats. I know a lot of people that will say he was the all time great. But, uh, you know, of, of the all-time greats, he like his style of play, what I do know of him was a volume runner. I mean, in his first, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. He played 13 years, Vince. And in all but two of those seasons, he had over 300 carries. Yeah. I don't necessarily want a back that's going to be uh, over 300 carries sure. a game. And so you know, he was consistently in the like the four uh, the four point something yards per carry, except for 19, 1977, he averaged five point five. His you know the rest of his career is four six four five four four stuff like that, which is I mean again it was the style of play that they they ran in. And Barry Sanders was kind of that way too, because he had a lot more negatives. I would take Barry Sanders even if I. Go go look at the highlight version of Walter Payne because in my modern offense, I don't need a guy that's going to carry the ball 25 times a game. I need a guy that can do more with 15 carries. And that's kind of how I view Barry Sanders. Barry, San- Barry Sanders could go 15 carries and he'll have, you know, six two yard runs, three minus threes, and then he'll have an 80 and then a 60 and then a 35. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you kind of live with some of the negatives to, to get the other things. That would probably be where I would go with that one, Vince. What what would your answer? But there's well, no – I mean, honestly, <clears throat> the only wrong answer here is Bo Jackson because you're not going to get him for an entire season. Sure. I I landed on Barry Sanders for a different reason uh, because I think in today's modern offenses – modern football, I should say, tackling sucks. And <laughs> oh, tackling – well, was good. They couldn't tackle Barry Sanders, and I feel like he would have even more production, you know, nowadays than he even had back in the day because people because they don't they don't tackle well. They I did they just don't, and that's it. College pro whatever. Uh, Barry Sanders would make, would make people look very very silly uh, this time 
This here's a, here's a ca- counter argument to you. Yeah. If you ever go back and watch the Walter Payton mm-hmm. highlights, <laughs> he modern linebackers would just flat out get run over by him. That's very I mean, true. Like he, he's hard to tackle for a completely different reason. Correct. You know what I mean? Like where Barry just shakes people. Walter Payton would be hard to tackle because like I'm as big as you are. Right. Right. I mean, and, oh, and I'm stronger than man. you are. Yeah, he was. A you know, I mean, he, he was he was five ten, two hundred pounds, but like he was, uh, but he was strong, built like a. Yeah. He was so physical. He was built like a like a right. tank. I mean, he ran over linebackers back then. Who your entire existence was to stop the run. I mean, it was just was a different game. So he would he would embarrass people for different reasons. But then you wonder like how many times would he get called for offensive targeting because he of the way could that just he ran. lower his head. You know? I mean, he would lower his head and he would crown you. Like, right, exactly. Right, and right I don't know chest. how, if they would allow that as much yeah. in today's game. But it's not like he couldn't find other ways to do it. Sure. Like, like look, let's be, let's be real, Vince. We just spent a lot of time talking about it. There's no loser if you're getting Barry no. Sanders or Walter Payton. No, there's Like, not. if you have the number one pick and I have the number two pick and we both need running backs, I'm like, I'm good. We're both happy. Like, who are you going to get? I don't know, but I'm good. But you know, <laughs> the other part of it too is, is what's your system? Like if you're a zone team, yeah. like I am, that's another reason I'd take Barry Sanders. Cause he's more of a zone runner. Sure. Where Walter Payton is, is if I'm, but if I'm Michigan he's downhill. Yeah. Like, but yeah. if I'm running Michigan's offense, it's Walter Payton. Right. I mean, I'm taking Walt, their counter power. I mean, it's Walter Payton. Right. So it, that's also part of it. It's, it's fun to think like about. That. It's fun to think about. That's yeah. for sure. But there's no loss there. I mean, you're good. <laughs> No matter who you got. Right. So. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.